All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, boys and girls, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am coming to you live from Knoxville, Tennessee, on today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Evan Swords of 49ers Hub is back um, to talk all things Niners and NFL wildcard weekend. It was a it was a crazy weekend, uh, to say the least, and everything that happened with his Niners, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Dak, the ending to that game in Dallas. We also hit on everything else that happened in wildcard weekend and what we made of all of it, including Cincinnati and Joe Burrow's big win for the city of Cincinnati. The Raiders future, Mike Mayock out. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Pete Carroll is back. Russell Wilson, uh, is he back in Seattle next year? Questions remain there. Um, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia getting blown out the way they did. Expanded playoffs, not off to a great start. Uh, who could have, whomst among us could have foreseen something like that. Um, so all that on the podcast, we get into the best and worst GM jobs in the NFL as of this recording, uh, what to make of the Texans job and if Flores fit there and the Dolphins future, all that and more on this edition of the Chase Thomas podcast. However, before we get started with today's show, I would also like to mention how you can support this very program. It starts with leaving a quick five-star rating and a review on Apple or Spotify if that is your preferred app of choice for listening to this very podcast. Uh, go visit chasemospodcast.com for access to all my previous episodes and make sure to subscribe to the Sports Renaissance Man newsletter. It's me, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. Type in your email. It's that simple, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com. As always, you can email this very program at chasemospodcast at gmail.com. Again, that is Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com for any NFL questions you have for Evan and I, or just any sports questions, anything about the show, hit me up, Chase Thomas Podcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at Chase double underscore Thomas and like the Facebook page at facebook.com slash Chase Thomas Writer. All right, Uncle Darren, let's ride. Chase Thomas Podcast. The Chase Thomas Podcast. <laughs> um, my nephew needs me to record. See, I hate, I already hate it. I hate it. All right, hello, and welcome back to a, another episode of the Chase Thomas Podcast, where I am still the aforementioned Chase Thomas, and I am joined after a week away due to Khaleesi the dog, who is sitting right next to me uh, in her big dog bed, uh, deciding that chocolate chips were on the menu uh, late on a Monday afternoon, and uh, it created a crisis. There was a college football national championship game, there was uh, the Khaleesi situation at the vet and getting the getting her getting the chocolate chips out of her system uh not good and it was also dark chocolate which is a bad combo for for the dog folks out there but um all is good got snow all over the ground still here in knoxville tennessee mr evan swords how are you good man how you doing not too bad i assume there are no uh no slopes for you to hit uh over the weekend in la right now right no no snow um you know i i I, there are none in fact i i will say it is like as close as snow as we get is i I think there's some great clouds Mm -hmm. gray skies out there uh but no yeah i think this this coming weekend it's gonna be like 75 degrees it's gonna be a little little chilly I, i hate it for you evan i really do yeah i appreciate it your empathy means so much obviously just a, a gentleman and a scholar thank you sir um so how was your football walk, watching weekend how did you d- divvy <laughs> up your outside of the niners game which we'll get into but how did you divvy up uh your football watching because there was a lot of nfl on and they they branched it out over three nights because everything comes down to the almighty dollar 
but uh what uh, what did you do how did you handle it well, so, you know, the the first two playoff games, um, we wanted to just go to a bar, right? So watched, uh, you know, <laughs> watched the Bengals game, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, I thought that was a great game, Yeah, really. You know, the Bengals game was great. It was such a fun game to watch. I'm very happy for you and your Joe Burrow mm. uh, fandom, mm-hmm. you know, right? Right. Very happy for you. I thought it was. I thought it was a great game. I thought they played a fantastic football. So I got to watch that at just a sports bar. But Forty ers game, man, I couldn't couldn't handle that type of anxiety and stress, and and had to just watch it. Just me, my other buddy Clayton, who's a a, a die probably a bigger Forty ers fan than I am, if that's possible, and uh, another buddy Blake, and we we just you know we ordered pizza and wings and made some guac and just kind of stress ate. What kind of pizza and wings did you get? What what is in the what what is your go to and what did you get? Well, I'm not a pizza guy mm-hmm. personally, um, but I can appreciate pizza. Um, and there's a place right down the street from us called Prime Pizza okay. uh, that is fantastic. So you know we got just pepperoni and meat lovers, and then just got some uh, wing stop, right? Some okay. boneless boneless wings. So you got some chicken nugs. That's what you're saying. No, or not boneless, excuse me, bone, bone, bone-in wings, mm. um, mango hop and regular. Okay, mango hot. You can't go wrong there. There's a local spot here in Knoxville um, that makes these uh, Cajun dry rub uh, boneless wings that uh, the sports renaissance woman and I just, we cannot get enough of a uh, local spot called Roosters, but it is, shout out to Roosters here in Knoxville, so local Knoxvilleians listening to this, uh, go check it out if you have not already, because it is so good. Like, it's just, it's chicken crack, if you will, Evan. And I'm a big wings guy. And uh, I could eat wings and pizza just about every day. If, uh, I, w- if I did not care about my longevity on this planet, um, I would do that. I would partake in pizza and wings every day. I'm, I'm surprised you're not a pizza guy at all. But on the flip side, you are a big Chipotle guy. So I imagine that dominates a lot of your, a lot of your, uh, your diet. You know, I actually haven't really ate Chipotle. Oh, no. Um, Chipotle really fell off. I think that, <gasps> not to get into the dynamics and politics of Chipotle, right. uh, but they're, they're, they have a new CEO and have okay. a couple of years. And their old CEO was like interviewed talking about how, like how bad they are with portions now and how they try and skimp and oh, no. you know, use so much less. And he's like, he's like, I didn't care. I wanted to, you know, have as big, uh, bigger, bigger portions as you could possibly want. So mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I haven't not a, not a lot of Chipotle lately. Just to, okay, um, but yeah, I, I like I appreciate pizza, but it's just you know it's pretty unhealthy, so I try <laughs> and stay away from it. You know, yeah. it's cheese and bread. It's not exactly a a weightlifter's you know ideal uh, meal. Right, that's true. That's fair. Uh, have you been back in the gym since? Uh, I mean, do you mind if we talk? Like you did go through COVID. I, and... I died yeah. physically. I absolutely don't mind talking about it at all. Yeah. For anyone listening, I had the Johnson and Johnson vaccine, which is obviously like the used car of vaccines, <laughs> apparently. And uh, I got it in March of uh, 2021. So I think it would really kind of maybe not not working in full force. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I got COVID from a New Year's Eve party because uh, apparently everyone in L.A. got COVID. And, you know, I've heard people that aren't vaccinated that were like, oh, I didn't get sick at all. I've I've had people that have got the full vaccination and booster and all the above. And they're like, nah, you know, I, I got pretty sick. Me personally, I was I, the worst sickness I've ever had in my entire life. Man. 
That's oh, brutal. Yeah. Well, but are yeah. you are you back? Like, are do you have your your uh, your breath back? Are you able to hit uh, hit hit the gym as hard as you did before? Yeah. So so basically, I got into you know obviously with the new job they they mm-hmm. flew me out to the San Francisco Bay Area to uh, go do you know my first week of training on at the office because I work remote. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the first day, and literally like as I was getting out of the Uber to go to the hotel, I was like, God, I don't feel good after work. Mm-hmm. And I got real sick real fast, and they actually gave you get each employee gets like an individual like COVID tester, mm-hmm. um, just because that you know they build rockets and stuff, so it's pretty serious. Um, and I you know, took the COVID test, and I tested positive. So I basically literally died from that that Monday. I was in that hotel because I was scheduled to be there till Saturday, mm-hmm. and I was there all five days by myself in. Uh, Quarantine. You know, in the hotel quarantining yeah. and I could couldn't really move, couldn't do anything. Yeah, it was it was it was the worst thing that's probably ever happened to me. Oh man. And you're a social butterfly, man. You can't be locked away quarantining. You don't seem like someone who would uh be their best versions of themselves while quarantining for days on end. You know you know what's funny is I actually am. I uh huh. I've I've lived on my own for uh you know for a very long time now. We're talking like probably six years. Mm-hmm. Um and I am a social person, but I am kind of like an introvert's extrovert, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, I do, I really enjoy my alone time. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have this weird thing where I just really like hotels, especially if it's a nice <laughs> hotel. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. It just feels like you're like cheating, right? Like you're like you get to stay at this nice place, um, and I didn't pay for it, so right. You know, like every morning I would go out, and they had like you know free breakfast. Um, and you know, I, I drink a bunch of orange juice and they had, you know, constantly had like tea available, which is great. Cause I had like the worst sore throat of my life. Uh-huh. Um, you know, they, they did like salmon and steak dinners every night. It's like, honestly, as far okay. as having COVID, it wasn't that bad. There you go. Uh, uh, but to answer your question. Yeah. So this last Monday was my first kind of real day of feeling better and out of that quarantine. And I did go to the gym. I, I have, I've been going to the gym and I do feel pretty good. Well, that's good. That's good. Um, well, don't forget, folks, you can uh, keep up with Evan at burner underscore swords as long as he can keep this uh, Twitter account active. Uh, he, he he tweets a lot in all caps during games, so I don't know how how long this this account can uh, keep it up if the, you know, if the Niners have keep winning. I a few times, mm-hmm. a few times realized that I had to delete a tweet because it was not <laughs> kosher. Mm. Um, so I'm, I, th- I would like to say I'm learning, but I'll knock on wood. Okay. I mean, that's that's good. That's good. So go do that. Uh, queue up with the good folks at 49ershub.com if you have not already done so. Uh, make sure to uh, check out chasemuspodcast.com. Uh, access to all of my previous episodes on that very website. Uh, and if you like listening to Evan and myself talk NFL on this very podcast every week, make sure to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And subscribe subscribe to the newsletter or else or else sports renaissance man.substack.com just type in your email that easy sports renaissance man.substack.com um no our time our team for both of us this is my first weekend without the atlanta falcons in my life for the foreseeable future they're just uh they're out of my life um but but i still had the tennessee volunteers get absolutely drubbed 
over the weekend in men's basketball at Lexington. So I had that. This is, this is absolutely not a, po- a basketball podcast mm-hmm. while I'm on it. So you keep that sh- you keep that stuff out of here. All right? Well, no, hold on. What I'm saying is like I got some <laughs> I got my other team to ruin my weekend for me. Like the Falcons were gone, so the Tennessee men's basketball team had to step up and like, hey, Chase, we got you. We will ruin your weekend. Just give us. 20 minutes and we got it and it took like seven uh before kentucky kentucky shot like 70 no, never mind i'm not gonna do this um your team though played the most fun nfl game in a really long time i enjoyed every second of this i was texting with you a little bit about it but man that was one of the more insane nfl playoff games i've ever seen and it's it was like for me a reminder of just that like Man, folks who, like, I love college football, I love high school football, I love the NBA, I love Major League Baseball, all that kind of stuff, but, like, NFL playoff games are just, when they're good, and when they're hitting, when they're not Tampa Bay versus Philadelphia, when they're not uh, <laughs> Buffalo versus New England, and they're like that, with those aesthetics, with those unis, with that look, that feel, that intensity, when you're not a fan, and you're just that locked in, and just, like, living and dying by what's happening you're like oh yeah there's there's just nothing better than that and you though were a fan of one of these teams the san francisco 49ers that won this very football game evan victory monday how are you feeling i feel great and i and i gotta say i haven't been able to and i mean this i'm not joking i haven't been able to fully process it right when the 49ers won against the rams to get them into the playoffs I don't know if I've ever been so excited in my life. I have watched them, the 49ers. We all know all the you know exciting games that they've won, the playoffs, the Super Bowls, all the above. But I think the Rams game was probably the most like like emotionally emotive and exciting excited I was. Uh, this Cowboys game, first off, before I talk about how I'm feeling, the two, arguably the two the two best jerseys, period. In the NFL, two of the most iconic by all means. Uh, Cowboys versus 49ers, uh, a matchup that has so much history and legend. You know, some of the greatest football players in the world have battled for NFC championships, um, you know, in playoffs on these teams, right? You have Terrell Owens, who, (laughs) you know, obviously played on both. You have uh, Deion Sanders, right? Like, it's just an incredible, iconic matchup. And I, I can't tell you how excited I was to have the, uh, the 49ers and the Cowboys play in a meaningful playoff game. It, it was literally everything you could hope for. Um, it lasted to the very last second, as we all know. We can talk about that a little bit more. But uh, I, I got to say, the world just feels right when the 49ers and Cowboys are playing each other in the playoffs. So, and it's meaningful. And it's two good teams. What, what did you think? How was your experience before I I talk about the game? I, (laughs) it was one of those where you watch it and the, the Cowboys kind of reminded me of the Chicago White Sox all season where like they had all this talent. Uh, The White Sox had all this talent before the season where like, there's, there's no way Um, there's no way to, for the, there's no scenario, even if it, it, it's just not the kind of season they want that the White Sox don't win the AL central and the White Sox won the AL central, but they just beat up on bad teams and they had a losing record against teams above 500 and they still got uh, to host a playoff series in Major League Baseball this past fall and they got 
out. They got knocked out immediately. And that was something I had predicted. I was like, lock it in. The White Sox are not winning a playoff series. And I thought about the Cowboys the same way, where I was like, okay. And this is, I guess, Tony LaRussa and the Tony LaRussa Mike McCarthy corollary here. But I, I just looked at this team where I'm like, the talent is all there. There's absolutely no excuse for them not to win the NFC East this year. They have so much more talent top to bottom than everyone else in this division. They should do it. Like the only reason they won't do it is because they're the Cowboys. They just can't help themselves just being the Cowboys. But when I think about who is more intense, who is more physical, who do I trust more? And like a lot of Falcons fans still, Kyle Shanahan's pretty split on how Falcons fans feel about him. And then you have Dan Quinn on the other side, the DC. So it was a Falcons affair on, uh, on Sunday afternoon, but I just, I couldn't, I couldn't figure out a way in which I could talk myself into the Cowboys winning this game against the Niners because I was like, even if Jimmy makes those dumb mistakes and he did have that pick on the right hand side uh, late in this game that got the Cowboys back into it. But outside of that, man, the Debo Swiss Army knife was huge. Kyle, that opening drive, San Francisco just treated Dallas's defense like they were Alabama, um, just prime Alabama the last 10 years. And I, uh, I enjoyed every second when they moved the ball down the field and they went up multiple scores early i was like this is the exact opposite kind of game the cowboys needed and just when Dak had no time whatsoever and it took bosa going out and warner going out before he really got moving late but like Dak didn't have time and your defensive line just overwhelmed them and trent williams and company on the offensive line overwhelmed the defense and the cowboys were extremely undisciplined per usual and i don't know i just none of that really surprised me like it that it fell apart in the end for san francisco was pretty surprising and that it should not have gotten to that point but it it made sense why the niners ran over them and that's something that i thought is like the niners should run over this team and i think they're gonna out physical this team and just brutalize them and that's kind of what they did for three and a half quarters right yeah you know i'll I'll tell you that when i watched or excuse me when i when i i did a uh cowboys 49ers game preview with uh, Dalton Miller, friend of the pod, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, who's a huge Cowboys fan, works for Pro Football Network. And, you know, the one thing that I said when we were talking about why I, why the argument I was making, why I thought the 49ers can win if they did win, was, you know, you look at who the Cowboys had played the last seven games, and it was just some of the worst teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you know, I was worried about the Cowboys' ability to score. Always worried about the Cowboys' ability to score. But... You know, to your point, right? Like they just hadn't played real talent, real NFL, you know, teams. And this was their first, to me, real, real challenge and matchup, I think, that they've had for the majority of the NFL season. And, you know, there was a play early on, I think, in the first quarter when Dre Greenlaw just absolutely knocked. I mean, one of the bigger hits of the game. And I, you know, I tweeted, everybody's got a plan until great Drake Greenlaw punches you in the mouth. Like, and I think that was an overarching theme for the entire game. Like the way you talked about, right? Like the 49ers just were more physical. They were more violent. You know, they played angrier, however you want to, you know, however you want to like put it into words, like they just wanted it more. And, you know, <laughs> I feel like we got to talk about a lot on this pod and I don't want to just throw it all out at once, but like. You know, the the Jimmy pick was absolutely disgusting and terrible. But like, you know, that first half, it, it didn't even seem like it was a, a close game. It didn't. But you, I think you, I saw tweeted this after was like, 
Jimmy should only play like the first three quarters and then Lance should close the game out in the fourth. Like well, Lance should be a closer. Ha- that would be hilarious and I would be here for it. Was someone tweeted that Jimmy Garoppolo essentially has got like I don't know what the exact you know wording was, but basically he's got probably the worst fourth quarter uh playoffs or your postseason statistics of like any quarterback in the last fifteen years or something like that. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, right? Just just fourth quarter, put Trey Lance in, right? It is wild, though. Like, did what did you make of his play? Like, did you think Jimmy had a good game, an okay game, a bad game? How would you how would you break down what you saw from Jimmy? Yeah, and once again, I want I want this to be known that this is coming from probably one of Jimmy Garoppolo's most ardent defenders and supporters, right? I'm a big Jimmy fan, um, you know, but. There was two real plays that were pretty bad, um, and in in the moment, you know, the first was the overthrow to Brandon Ayuk. That was like it. it when when you that was saw the difference it in, in a touchdown. Time, you, you you well, I don't know. The, the safety was still up there, but he was pretty far back. Uh, I think it wouldn't have been a touchdown, but it definitely would have been. It was a good game. throw. I think it was in play. But so you know, when you first watch it, you're like. Jimmy, oh my God, how do you overthrow that? But like today, mm-hmm. uh, Guy Haberman, who's a you know a 49ers uh, media guy, said he was talking with an NFL wide receiver, and he was saying that like it looked like Brandon Ayuk like came out of the of that route because he like broke and I mean broke uh, Trayvon Dix's ankles. It was like disgusting. But when he did uh, break his ankles, he kind of like took it flat rather than kept going. And when you actually watch the, you know, the clip after just seeing it live and just assuming that Jimmy overthrew it, you could kind of see like, oh, no, Jimmy threw it as if Ayuk was going to keep running. Now, who knows if that was even what Jimmy should have done? Because, you know, uh, uh, Rich Madrid posted today a play uh, where Matt Ryan threw that exact same route to Julio Jones and Julio Jones ran the route that Ayuk ran. <laughs> um so who knows? But I mean, in the moment, that was a pretty bad one. Um, but then the pick, probably you know one of the worst postseason NFL uh, interceptions I think I've ever seen. There was absolutely no one over there, no reason for him to throw it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jimmy's been dealing with a broken thumb or you know a busted up thumb, and uh, you know it turns out that he even um, sprained his throwing shoulder in the in this in the second half. So who knows how much all of that played into it. He was obviously playing injured. Um, but, you know, I, 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 I think I kind of came away from that going defense played incredible. Running back game was phenomenal. Debo is, you know, the, the best player on the field when, it, you know, when it, other than like maybe Trent Williams. Um, but I don't think you can win uh, at least Super Bowl. I don't think you're going to win if Jimmy keeps playing like that. Yeah, and you got a big one next week. Um, obviously, we we have time for uh, Packers uh, Niners talk, and we know how you feel about uh, the Niners and the Packers and Lafleur versus Shanny. So we don't have to get into that just yet. But um, Debo was just incredible. Did you see that coming from Debo? Like it, the Niners are just such a fun watch. They're such a different team to watch. Um, they're just they're just different. But I wonder because they're different. Do you think there's something to the way Kyle Shanahan calls plays that you saw ring its like just rear its ugly head 
last night that just will forever keep you and 49er Nation unsettled? You know, I I'm the I think I'm the right person to ask that because you know, it's frustrating, right? Like Kyle keeps winning, you know, the formula works. But like all game, I was screaming, how does George Kittle not get the ball? You know, and a lot of people will make the argument, yeah, well what Kyle did works and it does work. They're winning, right? But to my kind of like the the point I was trying to make is like when you get the ball in George Kittle's hand, he breaks tackles. He makes plays, right? The 49ers could have won more decidedly and more handedly had they gotten the, the ball to, to a guy like Kittle that can make plays. Because obviously Debo is the same kind of person, right? You get the ball in either of their hands, they're going to make plays. Debo, that rushing touchdown that he had, there's no reason why a wide receiver should be able to do that. That's it, like It defies all logic. Is changing the game of in of the, the you know of the NFL game. He really is. Um, but I feel the same way about George Kittle. And I just you know t- to your point and why you ask about Kyle, I just don't know sometimes what he's doing. I don't understand. You know what's the goal, right? To have George Kittle arguably be one of the best uh, offensive weapons in the NFL, and you don't even use him. Other than you know, obviously they're using him to block. They ran for 170 yards. Um, what does that look like for just an, on the outside looking in, you know, you saw what he did with Austin Hooper, right? Like, is, do you think he hates George Kittle? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I just think he just genuinely thinks the rushing, the run game is more important than anything and he'll do anything he has to, 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 to get the run game to work. Yeah. I don't know why he thinks that it's physically impossible to even target. Uh, you know, I think George Kittle had like two tar- two targets that game. One that, you know, Jimmy screwed up and, and uh, one that he caught. But I, I just I just don't know, man. I, and it's hard. You know, they win the game, right? But do you think that maybe they could have scored some more points had they gotten the ball to their playmakers? I don't know. Yeah. I mean... All that being said, though, still an upset uh, by all accounts, still a big win in Dallas. I mean, what did you make of, and we'll end it here, what did you make of that that last drive by Dallas? How much were you sweating? Could you believe that Dak ran uh, down the middle of the field and uh, the way it ended? Do you think it was a, a take your 49ers fandom aside, push it aside for a second, Evan, do you think that was uh, the right way that it should have ended? Well, first off, the game... In my in my eyes, the game ended twice before that, but they just got absolutely lucky. I think if you break down frame by frame the Trent Williams play, you'll see that he was it was very close, but he was set when that ball was hiked. Mm-hmm. And you can't, you know, that's not a play that you can, you know, review. It was a weird right? call. I've never seen that before, really. But but absolutely, in terms of being set, he was set when the when the when the ball was uh, hiked. Um, and that, you know, that, that alone, the game would have ended, um, as well when they, you know, moved the ball and readjusted the ball, uh, position never needed to happen. They gave him like an extra yard. It was shown on film, like a bunch, uh, you know, so there was like these little plays that just allowed the Cowboys to keep going. And I don't know why I thought they were ridiculous calls. Mm. Um, but I, I will say this. 
you know, I go, I don't know why. But then, then again, maybe I do, right? Maybe we all do, right? Maybe it is the Cowboys, and maybe they are destined to always lose like that because it's the Cowboys, and the Cowboys uh, will always be frauds. <laughs> They will all, and you know, it's not even like saying it from a place of anger. Like, I don't, like, I have no animosity to the Cowboys at this point in my life. I'm glad to see a meaningful playoff game, but like, that rivalry doesn't exist the same way as it used to because the Cowboys have gone like 20 years without a playoff win or, you know, maybe one playoff win. Well, Um, they haven't advanced to the conference championship in 26 years, I think, right? Right, like every day it comes out like they have like, oh, Blake Bortles has more playoff wins than the entire Dallas yeah. Cowboys franchise, uh, yada, 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 and since, to, since 1995 or whatever. Um, and so I think the way that that ended was just perfect, right? It is just – it is how the Cowboys have to lose a football game, whether it's Tony Romo, you know, screwing up a field goal, uh, Des catching or not catching it, you know, whether it's this, it's – that's how the Cowboys lose football games. We'll end it here. So did you see what Dak said after the game regarding fans throwing trash and stuff on the field as the Cowboys yeah. are running into the tunnel? Yeah, so Keanu Martin, who is the 49ers team reporter, mm. uh, one of her, one of the cameraman for her while she's, you know, being, you know, interviewed, doing the interviews and stuff like that post game, mm. got hit with a bottle. Oh no. In the head. Like literally in the head. You know, is he is he going to the hospital? No, but still, they're like, oh, it was aiming for the refs, and Dak's like, good for that, you know, whatever. Like, you're a loser. You're an absolute loser. You are a loser. You lost the game. You didn't understand that you need 17 seconds to be able to run the play that you tried to run when you only had 14, and then you blame the refs, and then you applaud fans throwing things at refs. It's like, like it's their fault when literally the last drive they – the rest gave you two chances that you didn't even deserve. It's, it's pathetic. I mean, Dak usually comes across to me like that Jimmy Garoppolo type where he's just like a robot and he always says the right thing in interviews, kind of like Russell Wilson-esque. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, no, you're, you're a douchebag. Plain and simple. We got the two-minute Evan Swartz hot take. We got the Swartz says segment uh, early. I mean, am I wrong, though? I so here's i in the interest of full disclosure as you know i uh, spend a lot of time at neyland stadium i spend a lot of time at uh, the university of tennessee knoxville mr swords and i don't know if you recall there was a mustard golf ball incident this fall uh at neyland stadium against old miss and lane kiffin where fans threw mustard bottles and uh golf balls and the game had to be stopped for almost like 40 minutes and almost got a forfeit out of it. It was a preposterous scene. Um, Tennessee did not end up winning that game, but that's a different story. But it also ended similarly where Joe Milton ran out of bounds with no clock uh, time left on the clock. Um, so at least he did that instead of Dak just sliding in the middle of the field. That being said, I just, this was an easy one, but at the same time, I'm like, man, he's gotta be just the emotional drainage for these guys after spending so much time preparing and just what that whole moment was. I, it's just one of those, like get a mic away from me. I, I just, I would never want to have a microphone near me after a loss like that, losing in the way like that, where you're responsible for losing in that fashion. 
I I couldn't do it, and blaming the refs, I guess, is the reflex of his. But I would I would guess that a couple hours later, after he cooled off and everything, he's like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have said that, and that's that's silly. I, I made a mistake. Um, but in the interest of full disclosure, here is what he said. Um, this coming from the athletic Prescott responded, "Quote credit to them, credit to them." Then um, he continued, "If they weren't throwing it at us, and the fans felt the same way as us, and if that's what they were doing it for, then yeah," Prescott said. I guess that's why the refs took off and got out of there so fast. So, I mean, yeah, I think everybody was upset about the way that this thing played out. And as I said, I'm sure a fan would be the same if it was the same way that we do. Here's the thing about refs and officiating. Never put, this is how I view fandom and how I think fans should view officials. It's just that like, never put yourself or never have your team put themselves in a situation where the game relies on officiating to go your way or needing the officiating to do exactly what you need to do don't put yourself in that position like if you're Dak, don't do that don't rely on a, a an older ref to hustle down the field and get the ball set and fall like it, that's on you that is or all... even more so follow the rules right give the ball to the ref don't give it to your offensive lineman and waste yeah. time because you didn't do what you were supposed to do in the first place not even to not, not even like considering the point either where it's like they they literally <laughs> literally needed to move the ball back a yard and they didn't like uh regardless of anything the best team won yesterday the better team won period everything that the cowboys were supposed to do to win this football game right you heard about oh Micah parsons best this uh you know best best pass rusher in the nfl zero sacks the niners had five Right, Trayvon Diggs locked down corner. Brandon Ayuk probably disrespected Trayvon Diggs more than any single receiver disrespected a corner this entire season. Absolutely burnt him multiple times. the The Cowboys' uh, uh, offense, right? Ceedee Lamb, Amari Cooper, basically non-existent. Right? I'm a I'm a Niners fan. I was like, "Are you guys gonna give Tony Pollard the ball? Are you, are you not? Are you just not gonna do that?" They, in everything, every way, shape, or form, the better team won yesterday. Go Niners! <laughs> That's how we'll end it. Um, well, I do want to end it on this. Okay. We, you brought this up before. Can we now officially say that with Kyle Shanahan defeating Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. that? The Super Bowl loss against the, the New England Patriots will now officially be Dan Quinn's fault. It was always Dan Quinn's fault. But you, but you know what I'm saying? Like that that this game was the battle for blame, right? Right. I don't know. Uh, I, I've always backed Kyle, and I just I'll, I'll back yeah. Kyle to the end of time. Like that was the Matt Ryan's best season of all time. None, none of the none of that season happens without Kyle. They don't go to the Super Bowl without Kyle. It was not Dan Quinn. Uh, none of that was Dan Quinn. That was uh, Kyle Shanahan uh, doing doing the Lord's work in Atlanta that season. Um, and I miss him dearly. Uh, the Raiders, though. The other big game that was fun this weekend, Raiders-Bengals. Joe Burrow gets a win for his Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, this was a lot of fun. And then the fallout here, it looks like it's pretty monumental because Mike Mayock out as GM. We know that uh, their tempora- temporary head coach, uh is still up in the air but it's not good that mayock's out he did a good job with the hand that he was dealt um i don't know i it seems bad that brasicchia rich brasicchia i think is his name 
I, I was uh, I, I want to be careful with pronunciation to so apologies if I did not pr- pronounce that correctly but um I don't know the Raiders fought really hard they were in this game Derek Carr is hilarious to me he might be one of the fun because I remember I told Sam um the sports renaissance when I was telling her I was like we were watching that game uh out with my parents on Saturday night I I remember I looked over and I was like he is gonna like you would just see his eyes and you're like oh there's nothing there but he's gonna get a pass interference like Derek Carr is just he, he passes for pass interference calls more than any other quarterback I've ever seen and I appreciate it because I'm like oh it's just I mean here's the thing you can't do that in college or anything but this is the NFL where it's a spot foul and all that and it's it's super smart when you don't have any real downfield options uh with their current wide receiver room and it's just the Hunter Renfro show and Darren Waller every now and then like there's just not a lot of options like you can only go to zay jones and uh the second coming of uh randy moss and brian edwards so often before uh you got to shake things up a little bit but yeah i don't know Derek carr he's a gamer man i like Derek carr a lot i've always liked Derek carr i i think he's fine i think he's a top 10 to 14 quarterback something like that you can win a super bowl with Derek carr but the problem is you need elite talent around Derek carr he's in that group where Jimmy's at, he's in that group where Dak's at, he's in that group where I think Matt Ryan's at. Um, a lot of quarterbacks, good ones, are at this area. Maybe Tua, probably, uh, Lamar. Uh, most quarterbacks, I think, are like this. Baker, for sure. Where if you don't have the the franchise quarterback, you don't have the guy who can make lift everyone else around him, which is only a handful of guys, you need the next tier down. And he's in, there, he's in the next tier. And... That being said, I was still super impressed. I thought he did a really great job, and I thought the Raiders even getting to this point and staying in that game as long as they did, I thought that was cool. This was actually a weirdly cool ending, and the Raiders, they surprised everybody. I don't think anyone had the Raiders making the playoffs before this season. So even with everything that happened, and let's just go through it real quick, real quick, and then you can respond. This is, uh, I think this came from the athletic or NFL.com. Maybe I should probably, I'm not sure which one. It was either NFL.com or the athletic, but either way, uh, car referenced the Raiders losing guard, uh, losing street car referenced the Raiders losing starting guards, Richie incognito and Denzel good to injuring the preseason and the opener respectively. He talked about why receiver Henry rocks third being cut following his involvement in a high speed car chase that left a woman dead. Carr also cited Pro Bowl tight end Darren Waller missing five games down the stretch, Pro Bowl running back Josh Jacobs being dinged up and unavailable at times, and losing versatile running back Kenyon Drake to a knee injury in Week 13. Also, that doesn't even mention the John Gruden debacle that could have splintered the whole locker room and just torpedoed their season. I don't know, man. The fact that they did all that and they still made the playoffs and they still fought really hard in the playoffs, I was impressed. What about you? Impressed, of course. I mean... I, you know, for players, for teams, in spite of all of that, be able to stick together and continue to fight. And, you know, I mean, those are some pretty terrible things to happen to a team. No one would have blamed the rest of the Raiders for kind of just giving up, right? Just like, let's get this season over with. I want to be wiped clean of this. Um, I thought that, you know, the the interim head coach, um, he did a really good job. You know, I think it was a great story. A lot of people were talking about before the game, like, I think that you got to hire him, right? After they lost, they're like, maybe not. Um, but, you know, I thought it was a, it was a valiant effort. Um, your Bengals, though, man, they really do impress. They're good. The defense isn't there. I don't know. Some questions with the defense, but Zach Taylor, shout out to him. 
and the three-headed monster. They're just fun. Uh, I don't think they're going to... This is a team that can make it run the gauntlet in the AFC, but I think they're getting there. And they, they did the good thing. They did the smart thing, which is surrounded Joe Burrow with, I mean, Jonah Williams being back was super helpful, but giving him three receiver weapons were like, they could have gone the Panay Sewell route, but they were just like, let's just go get uh, a Randy Moss type. Let's just go get a big play throw. Let's, let's pair Burrow our safe and easygoing Burrow. Who's not like the downfield assassin, like Herbert, not the flamethrower he's more of a tom brady type and he they just were like okay let's give him tyler boyd uh let's give him jamar chase and let's give him t higgins and it's paid off significantly and they might have the best if not one of the best wide receiver trios in the nfl yeah no they just they they're just they're a good old-fashioned fun football team best way to explain it Evan, too many games after those Steelers-Eagles blowouts for you. <laughs> Is it already the experiment's over? Let's go back. There was no need. The two uh, seven seeds just get uh, get boat raced and steamrolled on, uh, on yeah. this playoff weekend. What are we doing? Yeah, I mean, the NFL wants their money. Uh, mm. There were more injuries this year, more ACL tears than ever before. Uh, the, the playoff product that they put on the field was absolutely terrible. Uh, and it was, by the way, a Bill Belichick team got both raised. Like, that's how bad this this idea is. But the NFL is going to get their money, and there's nothing really you can do to stop it. Um, but I'm glad, that, I'm glad the wild card round is over. Absolutely. Um, you're going to love this. You're going to love this. Russell Wilson wants to explore his options this offseason. Still wants to remain in Seattle like before. Um, he remember he gave the four teams or his agent gave the four teams or whatever that was on the DP show uh, this time last year. Bears were on it. Uh, they almost did a deal with uh, Chicago for Russell Wilson. Um, Saints were on it, I think. Who was it? Bears, Saints, uh, Jets, and like Broncos, I want to say. Um, you know, the, is it just me or the uh, list of that? The, the list of teams that he wanted to do is just to me is like him just basically saying, I will literally go play anywhere else if you guys don't give me what I want. The thing is, though, Pete Carroll, good to go as head coach in 2022, 71 years old, oldest coach in football, and he's coming back. And I I just wonder, Seattle is in such an interesting spot, right? Like, I, I don't think they can fix this with Russell Wilson at this point. And I don't think Schneider can fix the defense in time. I don't think he can, like Pete Carroll can stick around for a rebuild. So I just, I don't know, man, like the Seattle is in a really, really weird spot. And obviously it would hurt to trade Russell Wilson, but like his value, I mean, he's a lot younger than Aaron Rodgers. You, he's locked up. He's, you don't have the, the headaches that come with Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't know if I'm a team, going back and forth like who do we like if you're the broncos or you're the vikings or uh those are the two that jump out to me maybe miami or philadelphia but like if you're one of those teams you're like yeah, why aren't we targeting russell wilson over i understand that rogers is probably the mvp this year although i probably still argue it's brady but like i don't know i i think it's it's fascinating what the seahawks do because if it's true and i think they all met like schneider uh allen and Carol and Wilson met after the season already to talk about next steps and all that kind of stuff. But like, even if they're on the same page, like what, what is the reason? Like there, it actually is like, what is Russell Wilson doing there? I don't think he can fix this. I think the defense has too many holes. I think this team has just too many holes across the board. And I think 
they're kind of at a crossroads where they really need to replenish so much on the roster that like the timelines aren't going to match. Like you're not going to be able to surround Wilson with the elite level talent on both sides of the ball necessary for them to get back in the Super Bowl. I think that that ship sailed. I hate the Seahawks. (laughs) I hate Seattle. I hate everything about that state. I hate Russell Wilson. I hate every (laughs) single aspect of the Seattle Seahawks. So when I say this advice right now, just know how much it pains me to even like even be a part of like explaining how you fix this. Because I would love to just see it continue to go the route it is. But if you are Seattle, Russell Wilson wants out. You're not winning a Super Bowl with Russell Wilson and that roster. It's not going to happen. This is the last chance. You get, and don't be greedy, get as much as you can possibly get, take the best deal you can possibly get. Is it maybe two first-round picks? Probably. Right? I you know. I mean, more say, than that. I think it's like three to four. That's what I'm saying, man. You say that, but like, here's the deal, man. Seattle doesn't have a chance if they keep him. They need to get rid of him. Don't be greedy. It's, listen, if you can get three, take three. But don't be greedy. Take what you can get and rebuild. It's time. You got a Super Bowl. That's more than a lot of teams can say, right? You know, Aaron Rodgers only got one Super Bowl win. You only got that. You just chalk it up as a W. You got one ring. Get as much as you can get for Russell Wilson. And, you, you know, they say they want to keep Pete Carroll. Uh, I'm firing Pete Carroll. I'm firing Pete Carroll, and I'm hiring the next, you know, offensive, uh, you know, skill. Like, they're not going to hire Mike McDaniel because that man will not go to Seattle. I'll bet my life on it. But anybody as close to Mike McDaniel as you can possibly find under that McVay, Shanahan, you know, play-calling tree. And just rebuild. Also, hey, be kind of weird to bring, bring in the run, the run game uh, aficionado to pair with Russell Wilson. That seems counterintuitive. It, it, you, you, Russell's got to go. Yeah, but think maybe about the personal side of it, though. Like, maybe, maybe we can actually like Russell Wilson once he leaves, like Tom Brady. But I mean, think about this: he's still very much in his prime. Like he's won you a Super Bowl. He's your best quarterback in franchise history. It, first off. You say he's in his prime, but we'll have to see because Russell Wilson's you know, he, in his prime. He said he was. He said he was good to come back. He played like he t- played terrible the the last half of the season. Mm. He got better the last three games. The last three games they they did play better, but I mean post that injury that was pretty bad. So I don't know about in his prime. Do I think that he can like? Play at the highest possible level Russell Wilson wants to play at? Yeah, probably. But for how many seasons? It's kind of crazy. How many years has he been there now? One, two, three, four, five. 2011. Six, seven. Ten eight, years. Nine. Man. That's that's a long run. I mean, it's, it's a long run. But I just don't think there's a path. Because he turns 34 this fall. I don't think there's a path for the Seahawks to turn this especially with this contract. I just don't think there's a path for them to turn this around uh, in time. Like, I think you just have to trade 
the best quarterback in franchise history and just an icon for the city. And uh, I, I just, that's just got to be horrific if you're well, a Seahawks fan. Here's what you need to understand, though. He's not an icon to the city. How is he not? He is for his for what he's done overall. But right now, a lot of fans hate him. But can you not make the case he's the best Seattle professional athlete of all time? No, Ken Griffey Jr. He didn't win a title. Doesn't matter. Football is said, still king. You said best athlete. Yeah. Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. is Seattle sports. I you have to. I mean, listen. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest. Mm-hmm. It's if if you if you don't know this and if you're if you're already questioning it, then it's just it doesn't even need to be a conversation. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. is the only person in the last forty years to make baseball interesting. In my book. Well, hold on. Hold on. They, baseball yeah, yeah, did not need like to catch baseball. that straight. Yeah. I don't care. Um, <laughs> but to your point, though, mm-hmm. like he'll never be that. And and I he'll think never be the, cool for sure. But like, and he, I mean, obviously that part of it. And Blue Wire has an awesome uh, American Prodigy Ken Griffey series podcast series that folks should check out if they have not already done so. But like, all I'm saying is like. The accolades, the double-digit win seasons over and over and over again, the underdog story, um, winning a Super Bowl, getting back to another one. Did I, you I, just say underdog story? Yeah, he's an underdog. I, bro, he came out as a rookie and almost took the NFC West from the... the hold on, hold on. That's not, that doesn't mean he's not an underdog. He still just came in. No one expected Russell Wilson to do anything like this. Remember how we saw short and undersized quarterbacks at that time, a decade ago. And think about okay. what he, he walked into because it was just the Matt Flynn show. And, and he beat out that, Matt Flynn yes. immediately. Yes, he's an underdog point, story. By the way, Matt Flynn the other day was... <laughs> he was hilarious. Also, yeah. like, they're like, hey, remember when you got paid all that money? He's like, yeah, that was, that was pretty sweet. Um but yeah, so I think there's nothing wrong with just saying Russell Wilson is the greatest uh, Seahawk of all time. I would just say he's probably he he's probably but the even best then, Seattle it, athlete. I, of all time. It might still be might be Walter Jones, but oh, it's probably not Aaron Curry. Uh, yeah, probably not. Probably <laughs> not Aaron Curry. <laughs> Desmond Trufant. Um, do you like the Texans florist fit? I'm kind of. I'm that's a good question. I'm at a point right now where I feel like that the Texans are such a horribly run organization that I it's going to take a lot for me to just even think that they'll be able to be competent. I'm still curious what's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I think um, there's so much like unknown there. I think Brian Flores is a great coach. Him getting fired by the Dolphins is probably the best thing that's ever happened to his career. But. I don't know, man. I don't know. Why is there no context to anything? Why don't we talk about the context of stuff where it's like, if he really did tell Tua he should have taken Mac Jones, like, that's pretty bad. Or like, if he, if the organization picked Tua over Brian Flores because they really are just like, we're tired of just trying and make Chad Henney work and this is our best option and we don't want Deshaun Watson in the building and we want to make this work with Tua with an offensive line that's not the worst in the last five years like pro football focus is Sam Monson was on the podcast last week and he talked about this like the film doesn't lie like this is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL in years and Tua is still 
was an objective upgrade at what he was dealing with, especially over Jacoby Brissett when he was in play. So he's still pretty optimistic on Tua and saw some stuff. It's just the offensive line has to get cleaned up. They have to get a running game, more playmakers outside of Jalen Waddle. But like, if that if there was a disconnect between Flores believing in Tua or not, like, I when does it not happen that teams pick the quarterback over the head coach? Like, it's still it's a quarterback driven league, and if they believe Tua can be their guy for the next ten to fifteen years then guess what? Flores, you're out. And also, like, Flores mishandled the offensive coordinator stuff. Like, the co-OCs this year, Chan Gailey last year, like, it didn't... He did not help himself in coordinator position picking, but also, like, I don't know. That that wasn't great. You can't mess up the quarterback stuff anymore. Like, that's just how it is. You cannot do that, and if they pick the quarterback over you, I... I, Hey, it's a gamble on two. We'll see how it plays out for both of them, but, like, they picked the quarterback. Not surprising. David Coley, I, I just... It sucks for him. It what happened in Houston sucks. He did a good job this year, but also like, do you? Maybe this is the cynic in me. But do you think he thought he was going to be long for that job when he took it? Do you think he thought that he, if he won like four or five games, six games max, he would make it past the year? Because all the reporting is like he knew he was he was not long for that job, and he was with all the Patriot influence, and they're waiting on McDaniel's or Flores or whoever, like. I don't know. I think that guy knew like a year ago. Like, I don't think, I don't think he had any question that he was going to be the Texan set coach for a long time. He got paid a lot of money just to coach one year and go do his thing. And it sucks that the way that Texas handled all of it. And it's pretty crappy and all that. I agree with all that, but like, I don't know. Am I crazy for thinking that David Culley probably had a pretty good idea that this was a one, a one-time deal. Like a, he was on an expiring contract. I mean, the way I see it is, you know, as, as a guy who's a technical recruiter, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes you tell people like, "Listen, go do this for one or two years. It'll be great for your resume." Yeah. And honestly, it's going to be great for his resume. Yeah, because he got more out of this Texans team than anyone thought they would. This was a good 100%. resume builder for him. He should get I, another shot. I don't know if he should get another shot, but I would love to see him get the uh, not like not college football, but like that Alabama treatment. Like Mm. where he goes into a program specifically to be groomed for, you know, head coaching position next. So, you know, who knows where that is. Um, But yeah, I don't think that doing a decent job with a terrible Texans team means you're good enough for a head coach position, but who knows? I mean, Joe judge got a job and got multiple years. uh, That's not the, that's not the argument you want to make. Matt Patricia got time. I don't know. What I'm saying is he deserves at least another crack. Like, By him and way, Flores both do. I just, yeah, I, I'm not surprised these, in either situation. Uh, these Patriots guys, it's kind of a, isn't it kind of insane what Vrabel's doing? Yeah. We don't talk about that a lot. I mean, it Vrabel, they're just, they just win games. Like, they just win football games. And Robinson's done a great job. They're GM uh, identifying talent and... Yeah, no, the the Titans are the under the radar, just stable organization. Like everyone's just like, oh, the Colts, the Colts this year. Love Frank Reich. Carson went to rebound year and then they just are like, yeah, we're just going to go ahead and win the AFC again and get the number one overall seed. The thing about the Titans, though, is it just feels like they're not they they don't have a shot against the the Bills or the the Chiefs. Right. Like I, that's the problem is no one actually believes that they can beat either of them. So what worries me about the 49ers in the playoffs against a team like Glem, like they just can't, are you going to be able to put up enough points? Yeah. Because those teams are going to put up points. Right. And I just don't think Tannehill wins a track meet against Mahomes or Josh Allen. Yeah. 
Um, last thing, and we'll wrap up here. The GM jobs that are open, what would you say is the best GM job for for a, a, an executive right now? And what would you say is the worst? A lot have opened up. And the reason I was thinking about that was just the Raiders job opening up with Mayock being dismissed. Um, so right now we got uh, the Raiders is open. <laughs> Maybe the Jaguars at some point. Uh, your old friend Trent Baalke. Um, that one might open up. Who knows? But like uh, Chicago is open. Minnesota is open. New York is open. Um, but of those four, who which is the most appealing if you're a front office executive looking for the best fit or the best opportunity to win? And which is the worst? Which situation are you like, I, I wouldn't touch that with a 10-foot pole? You know, I just look at the teams when I think of ownership, right? Like, I think... Uh, I, I don't... Like I said, I don't trust the Texans... I don't trust the Giants. Like, the, the, just these teams that just, I, you know. But I don't really know necessarily when I think of, like, who would you least like them to go to. But what I will say in terms of this GM pool, I think this is one of the most talented general manager uh, pools that I've seen in a long time. And I think uh, whoever they hire, like, teams have an opportunity to to do well this year. Uh, the Jaguars, after hiring the worst possible head coach and the worst possible GM, period, if they can get out of this with, like, hiring a Mike McDaniel or a Brian Flores or, like, what you know, like a solid head coach and landing, like, Adam Peters from the 49ers, I don't know, man. That's personally where I'm at right now. Like, if you hire Mike McDaniel or even D'Amico Ryans, which I think might be too early, but some people like the idea, and you get Adam Peters, who's basically been the 49ers GM under John Lynch, that's a that that could that could change an entire organization very quickly. Hmm. I should also throw in Pittsburgh because I think Colbert's retiring after this year. But what's weird is he's doing the last draft. I don't understand why that's a thing, but. Um... I don't know. I'm trying to remember. Did Ozzie Newsom get the last draft before Eric DaCosta took over? I don't remember. Um, I don't know. That. Um, but I would say right now the best job is Minnesota still. I, I trust that organization, and I think there's still a lot of talent on that roster. Um, the Kirk Cousins question uh, is obviously still a part of that, and you're in the Aaron Rodgers division, but you also got the ineptitude of the Lions and the Bears. Um, the Bears, I would not go anywhere near. Um but I would say it's that one. And I think the Raiders is actually a pretty good job right now. And uh, I, I don't know. I, I should be the problem with the Raiders, though. And someone mentioned this. Uh, I think it was Sam where it was like, it, it's just the Raiders and the Broncos are in a tough spot because just Mahomes and Herbert aren't going anywhere. And a lot of GMs and coaches don't want to sign up for four games against those two every year. Like that's that's just tough. Like it's going to be really hard for either of those teams to break through. Obviously, if Rodgers or Wilson's a Bronco, that changes stuff. But like. I don't know. The the Raiders and the Broncos are in a tough spot with that division for the foreseeable future. So that's where I'm at with those. Yeah. I, I which is totally fair. Let's do this quickly. Thirty seconds, Mr. Swords. We got Bengals at Titans uh on Saturday. Who do you got? Oh buddy, I gotta go Titans. That is that just because your best friend's a Titans fan? Kinda, yeah. Okay. I'm going Bengals. I mean I'm not I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, but also I want to say this, and I mean this sincerely. 
as much as the T- Tennessee Titans that might not be the, the most exciting playoff team, they beat the most good teams this year out of any you know any team. We've seen the statistics. Uh, they're the number one seed in the AFC. And more importantly, they did this without the best running back in the NFL, and he's back. So I'm not betting against that. Okay. That's fair. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I just, I think it's, uh, well, we'll get to it. Um, you're San Francisco 49ers on the road, primetime at Green Bay. Who do you have? Hard, man. Hmm. 49ers always beat the Packers. Yeah. But, at, you know, I this is my, okay, let me just say this. I think the 49ers win. But this is my superstition speaking. There's no logic to this. I have a thing where when like, you know, when the Niners are like, they were five and zero against McVay and they played him mm. at the end of the week. I always have a feeling where it's like, if just from a statistic standpoint, right. If they've beaten them five times in a row, the likelihood that they're going to beat them a sixth time. I just, it, it's always hard for me to, 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 to think that. So the Niners have beaten the, the Packers, just beaten the crap out of them in the playoffs. It's just the, the, the data right the numbers the analytics of that happening another time on the road it seems like it's an unlikely thing but it's you know it's it's matt lafleur kyle shanahan owns him he he owns all of his little disciples and the and the 49ers are the hottest team in the nfl right now so i got the 49ers i uh it's funny you just laid out how kirby and the university of georgia took down alabama like the the nick saban assistants just all failing and then this year both jimbo fisher early on with AM beaten uh beaten saban and then the national title game georgia had come up short over and over again and they finally beat saban because it's like the law of averages it's like eventually they're gonna get them. if you keep playing right. them you'll eventually get them um i'm get i'm going the packers here man it's nuclear if the packers lose this game like just nuclear you thought dallas losing this weekend was nuclear if they lose this if the packers go down Whew, what an offseason in Green Bay. What an offseason in Green Bay. Um, last one we don't, because we don't know what's going on with the Bucks yet. Uh, Bills, Chiefs, I think no matter what, still the game of the weekend. Sunday night, excited for that one. I, I've gone back and forth. I, I don't know. What what do you, uh, give me your pick first. I Well, I mean, you have to know what my pick is. Okay. I did say at the beginning of the season, I think the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with it. Um, unless they play the 49ers. Well, I mean, they're winning the Super Bowl if Josh Allen plays like he did on Saturday for three games in a row, right? Like, as if a, he goes a, on a heater yeah. like that, it's over. As a guy that picked the Bills to win the Super Bowl before the season started, watching that game, I was like, ooh, I look good. Um, but yeah, I you know, I think the Bills win. Uh, I hope the Bills win because I don't want the 49ers to have to play Patrick Mahomes again in the Super Bowl if they do make it. Um, but yeah, that's going to be an unbelievable game. Yeah, I, I'm still going to go Chiefs until it happens, but I would not be the least bit surprised if uh, the Bills pulled this off. would not be the least bit surprised. And if the Bills pull this off, they're going to the Super Bowl. Um, this is like the Super Bowl matchup for me. Whoever wins this game is, in, is the AFC representative. And then I think there's a strong possibility that whoever wins the Niners-Packers game is the NFC uh, representative in the playoffs. That's where my head's at. Yeah. Mr. Swords, we did it. We're back big games this weekend this was fun another game tonight as uh getting ready to kick off here but yeah i'm excited more playoff football and uh yeah we can find you on twitter burner underscore swords uh keep up with the good folks over there at the 49er sub give them a follow keep up with all the great 49ers content over there uh 
Yeah. All right. Enjoy enjoy the Rams and Cardinals tonight. Who do mm-hmm. you got, by the way? I, I, I'm going Cardinals. I want this to be an implosion. Is it is it bad that I want an implosion from the Rams? It is, but as a 49ers fan, I want the uh, I want the Rams to win because it would be nice for the 49ers to have one last home game. Okay. Think about what I just said. <laughs> I, I they would be playing in Los Angeles. I, I know. You're just you're really baiting uh, Mrs. Yeah. Stafford here. Oh yeah. Yeah, hopefully she doesn't. Yeah. Okay. Either way, Chase, it's a pleasure. Everyone go give him a five-star review right now or else mm. go Niners. Go Dirty Birds? No, don't. you don't mean that. All right. That'll do it for today's edition of the Chase Thomas Podcast. Thank you again to Mr. Evan Swords for coming on today's show. Go follow him at Burner underscore Swords and go keep up with the good folks at 49ers Hub if you have not already done so. Um, thank you listener for listening to today's episode and i hope you did enjoy our conversation so if you did like today's episode of the podcast make sure you leave us a glowing five-star rating and a review on apple Podcasts or spotify or wherever you get your podcast tell a friend tell a family member tell a co-worker about the show and why you like it it would uh it would be great i greatly appreciate it don't forget you can email the show at chase thomas podcast at gmail.com go check out chase thomas podcast Dot com today for access to all of my previous episodes and anything about the show so go check that out uh, sportsrenaissanceman.substack.com newsletter type in your email that easy and uh yeah new episode tomorrow fresh week all that fun stuff i will talk to you guys tomorrow Nicely done, nephew. Chase Thomas Podcast. Hell yeah.